Have you ever wondered what a dog license is and whether or not you actually need one? If a salesperson knocked on your door, could you tell whether or not that salesperson has permission to do so? How can you get public records from the city of Meridian? The answer to these questions and more are coming right up. Hi, I'm your host, Mayor Robert Simpson, and this is My Meridian City 101, City Clerk Edition, your guide to local government. Let's dive right in and get started. Today, I am here with the Meridian City Clerk, Chris Johnson, and we are going to talk about all things clerk's office. Right, Chris? Absolutely, Mayor. Well, good. Well, before we get started, tell us, how did you become a city clerk? You know, that's a great question. My background's actually in education. Um, I have a master's degree in education from Ohio University, and prior to that, studied history and communications. I planned to be in education most of my life and really thought that's the path I was going on. I worked um, mostly in higher education, but then shifted when I moved to Idaho and worked for Head Start in Ada County and Elmore County. I realized at a certain point, maybe I was uh, not doing as much as I could or not really fulfilling what I liked, especially going back to my history background. So I started looking at what other opportunities are there. And I was fortunate in that the City of Meridian Parks Department did an annual fundraiser through a volleyball tournament and purchased gifts for Head Start students with those funds. So I was able to volunteer with city volunteers at Walmart shopping for Christmas presents for my students along with city staff, including, you know, former mayor, Mayor DeVere. So I started thinking, this is a great opportunity. This is a great thing. This is a way to work in education while also working, serving the public. Um, so I started kind of asking around. I spoke with someone in parks and, and asked, you know, what, what's it like working at the city? And of course, they had great things to say. Um, so when I saw the deputy city clerk position come open, I applied to that. Not quite sure what uh, got me in the door for the interview, but I, I got in and a year later, I was the city clerk and I've loved it ever since and hope to spend the rest of my career here. Well, excellent. And it, it may be one of those little known things, but doesn't every city have a city clerk? Isn't that kind of a requirement? That is a requirement under, I, I believe, state law. And, and I think federally, every city has a, a city clerk or someone that is responsible for maintaining those records of the city and and lots of various things. You know, our office does a lot of things that other cities may not and other cities do things we don't, you know, for example, managing roads. But every city has to have somebody kind of keeping track of what's going on. And then many communities, the city clerk may be the only employee of a smaller city. That is absolutely correct. Yes, in the city, in the state of Idaho, there are uh, numerous cities that have one person that serves as the clerk and treasurer, and they report um, either to the mayor or perhaps the city administrator and, and work closely with those council, but they may be the only only employee of the city. So for the city of Meridian, what is the role of the city clerk? You know, I wondered that myself when I first came in, but I quickly learned. So we, we maintain all records of the city. Uh, we document all the actions of the city council, ordinances, resolutions. We also issue permits and licenses on behalf of the city for most type of things, including some you mentioned, door-to-door -door sales, dog licensing. We do all the legal noticing for the city. So anytime there is a public hearing or some action um, that requires notice to the public, we take care of that. Um, and we also, this is uh, not necessarily unique, but it's not a requirement of the city clerk's office. We are the only location in the city where you can come in and, and fill out an application for United States passport. And, and that's a service that I know that many people in the valley and the community really appreciate the fact that we offer that. Yes, definitely. We, we've seen an increase from, you know, 1,600 applications coming through in 2020 to 2,400 um, last year. And we're on track to have over 3,000 applications this year. Wow. Um, well, we'll get into the, a little bit more oh, about passport, passports a little bit down the road. You didn't, like, as you mentioned, you didn't go to school to become a city clerk, um, but you did get into this line of work. 
However, there is a program you can do to learn how to be a city clerk through the Association of Idaho Cities and others. Uh, to become a certified city clerk, is that the right? That's correct. There is a uh, certified municipal clerk, as they use, and there's also a master municipal clerk. Um, there's two different options in Idaho to do that, or you know, one or both. The Association of Idaho Cities has the um, Idaho City Clerk Treasurers and Finance Officers Association that has an annual conference. There's a lot of training opportunities, and once you've you know taken enough courses in it, have the educational background and the experience, you can obtain uh, certification, the Idaho Certified Municipal Clerk. And there's also a larger organization worldwide, the International Institute of Municipal Clerks, that have the same opportunities, just at a larger level. Um, I was fortunate to have the support of the city to attend the local conferences and take some additional training. So I was able to get both the Idaho CMC and the um, International Institute's CMC. And um, I think that's really helped me learn more about the position and helped me become more well-rounded in it so I can, you know, support the city and also work with clerks across the state to help them learn processes as well. Oh, excellent. And and you've got a good team that helps you fulfill all the duties that we're going to talk about and uh, a deputy city clerk as well as others in the office, and what kind of what are some of the functions that they perform? Sure, absolutely. We have uh, four assistant city clerks, a deputy clerk and an administrative assistant, and they all have sort of different focuses. Our deputy clerk works very closely with uh, public records requests, with uh, records retention policies, making sure we're keeping the right documents and following all state laws. Uh, we have assistant clerks that focus on maintaining the records of the city specific to land use applications. So every time a developer comes forward wanting to do something with a property, um, we keep all of those records and organize those in a way that's easy for the public to locate. We have a uh, an assistant clerk who works specifically with um, licenses and permits. So the, those mobile sales units, those door-to-door sales, alcohol licensing, she does all of those things. We have a uh, an assistant clerk that works with passports. So her time is 95% passport applications, helping people get scheduled, reviewing application packets and working with the U.S. State Department. And then we have the... Um, the other assistant clerk that does specifically right now public records requests and also supports with licensing and permits. And then our administrative assistant does everything, you know, from room reservations to issuing dog licenses to really just helping those walk-in residents find out where they need to go, whether it's somewhere else in City Hall or perhaps something they need through Ada County. We do get a lot of questions about marriage licenses, so she's become an expert at helping them navigate that system online and getting them in touch with the right department for that. Well, I think you just outlined everything we're going to talk about over the next uh, 20 minutes or so. So let's just dive right in from that standpoint. You mentioned public records. What type of records can residents obtain from the city clerk's office? You know, we keep everything related to the city. So we have an online records repository at meridiancity.org slash records. And that is most most records a resident may want. So we have historical information about the city, including um, city council meeting minutes and agendas back to the 1950s. We keep track of all the ordinances, which are the laws of the city, and the resolutions, which are the processes of how we do things. Um, all agreements the city is a part of, um, land use applications, and any other type of document that comes through the city uh, for signature or, you know, that we're a party of. We actually have gone through um, hundreds of boxes recently of old records, and I'm working to digitize those so we can get all of those um, online for the residents to get to at their fingertips. So those are a lot of the records that are online. What about all those offline records? How, how do, do residents access offline information? Great question. We're trying to get it all online, but something offline, they can actually request that in, in whatever way works best for them. Um, we have a website that a resident can request a public record. It's meridiancity.org slash PRR for public records request. 
They can also email a request at cityclerk at meridiancity.org or come in person, make a phone call. Anytime someone asks for a record, we um, have basically three days to locate that record or tell them that we're working on it or tell them why we don't have it. So we have a great records team across the city and our assistant clerk and deputy clerk who work closely with those work with those departments to try to navigate the records we have, you know, whether it's file rooms in the basement, whether it's digital, whether it's it's located in some other format. We work very quickly to get those, and I'm proud to say we always meet that three-day deadline. So you handle all public records requests for the city, or is there another department that takes their own public records requests? That's an excellent question. The police department does maintain their own records, so their records request system is separate than ours, just because a lot of those are very confidential records and may involve the Ada County Prosecutor's Office. So those are those are managed differently, but it is the same website, that meridiancity.org backslash PRR. So we do everything else in the city, including fire department, um, and we also are, are pretty well versed at helping residents connect to other locations. If they're requesting a record we don't have, we may know if that belongs, you know, where they can get that from Ada County or they can hear another agency. Um, and I know that's becoming a growing part of a lot of what cities do. And this uh, state legislature has created some rules around them from from costs, what can be charged, what can't be charged, and whatnot. But I think the important part is we we strive to get the information to the community as quickly and easily and as cost effective as we possibly can, uh, based on the record that's being requested. Yes, we do our best to make sure every records request is responded to quickly and at no cost. Excellent. So you mentioned licensing. We have all sorts of different licenses in the city, and uh, it is a big part of what you do. So why don't you touch base on some of the types of licenses people might need to obtain from the city? You're correct. There's lots of different licenses, and most people know what they need when they come in the door. But if they don't, we do a great job at trying to figure out what it is they want to do and and help them get the appropriate license. We do issue licenses for door-to-door sales. So as you mentioned, Mayor, the people that come knock on your door, they are licensed through the city. Um, They're called mobile sales units. We also issue alcohol licenses, so anybody serving alcohol in the city, uh, and al- alcohol catering permits. So if there's an event happening that has a, you know, a wine bar at it, those those also have um, licenses and permits from our office. We issue licenses for fireworks sales and fireworks dipl- displays. So if you're enjoying fireworks on the Fourth of July or at one of the many events in the summer, those are licensed and inspected by our fire department. We also license precious metal dealers, pawnbrokers, and companies that immobilize vehicles, vehicle immobilization licenses. So if someone is putting a boot on your car because you're parked illegally, they're licensed. Then, of course, our biggest license um, that we do is uh, dog licensing our four-legged friends. So how many dog licenses do we do each year? Currently, right now, I I checked this earlier today, we have 3,191 active dog licenses. Uh, and we've partnered. We don't do those all in our office. We've actually partnered with um, the Idaho Humane Society, Meridian Veterinary Hospital, the Pet Care Clinic, Settlers Park Veterinary Hospital, and the Meridian Canine Rescue. So our residents can get licensed any of those locations as well as at City Hall. So you mentioned 3,000 licenses. Um, we just recently did a city survey and asked people if their household has a dog. Um, I think about 50% stated that their household has a dog, and we have about 40,000 households with dogs, and some of those households have multiple dogs. So what I may be inferring is not everyone chooses to license their pet in our community. What are some of the reasons why we want to encourage people to do that? You know, one of the biggest reasons I think a dog license is, is great for residents is in case the dog gets lost. You know, we have that information. If someone calls us and, and tells us, I have this dog, they describe it, and that dog has a license, that license has a number, 
The license also has our telephone number. So they can call us and we can help reunite that dog with their owner. Um, it also is beneficial if the dog were to be picked up by the Idaho Humane Society, again, lost or gets out. And it's just good to be able to keep track and, and relocate, not relocate, but get, you know, get your dog back home. Uh, agreed. So if you have a dog out there and you're listening and they're not licensed, uh, encourage you to, to make that happen so that we can help reunite you if there's ever uh, an issue. Absolutely. Call us. We want to make it as easy as possible to get your friend licensed. Uh, you also mentioned a mobile sales unit. Uh, what does a company need to do in order to knock on someone's door? You know, getting a license from the city um, is relatively easy, but it does require some some information. So we require uh, a license application to be filled out, which does um, constitute getting a federal background check, having general liability insurance, motor vehicle insurance if you're going door to door, and, um, a, you know, photo ID. So we have a lot of companies that license door to door salespersons, and we ask them to come in to do that because we want to make sure those people coming to your door um, you know, have been vetted by the appropriate departments, and you know it's it's safe opening that up. Um, I do like to point out that although we issue the license, uh, we're not endorsing the company or their product. Uh, right now we have 126 active licenses for door-to-door salespersons, um, but I know personally from opening my own door, not everybody has that license. So please ask when someone comes to your door, ask to see their license. If they're not licensed, you know, encourage them to get licensed, or you can even call Meridian Police Department if you feel your safety is in danger. That's a great point. Really appreciate that. And I, I think kind of the point is there are rational reasons why we're asking the, the community to notify the city about what it is that they're doing or what they have in their possession. It's to ultimately meet our obligations of health and safety for the community. That's, that's correct. That's the most important thing we do. Yeah. Well, while we don't inspect um, food trucks as it pertains to the quality of their food um, – uh, are food trucks licensed in Meridian through your office? Yes, they are. It's actually the same license. It's a mobile sales unit license. So anybody working or operating a food truck should have also applied for and received that license. So they've had the federal background check. Um, they've been vetted by the police department, and they have that um, license on them. Um, in addition to that, food trucks that have any type of heating equipment are also uh, required to have a fire inspection annually. Those are due um, January of each year, and the Meridian Fire Department has worked with fire departments across the valley to standardize that. So a food truck operating the city can get that fire inspection from almost anywhere in southern Idaho, and that'll be good whether they're operating in Meridian, CUNA, Boise, or anywhere else in the valley. One of the questions I think that you get, because I get it as well, is from new businesses coming to our community asking if they need to do a business license. We get that at least three times a day, and uh, we, we love businesses here in Meridian, and we don't require a general business license, but we do advise those people. We ask some general questions. If they're operating out of their home, we encourage them to speak with our planning department to make sure that's permitted. If they're serving food, of course, they should be speaking with Central District Health you know, to make sure the, the health and safety of the food is there, um, but we don't require a general business license. Hopefully, we can save a few phone calls from you if people are listening to this in the future. So if, if a resident is sitting there thinking, wow, you know, I'm excited. My my team's in the big game because I don't want to say the words that we're not supposed to say and get sued by anybody. Um, but my team's in the big game, and I want to uh, have a, all my friends over. I want to get one of these food trucks. I'm going to put it right out here in the street, and we're, we're going to play a little football uh, right there in front of our home. Um, about 100 of my closest friends are going to be there. How do they go about making that happen? That's a great question, and there's a lot of variables to that, and we would ask those, you know, ask that caller those questions to try to determine what's best for them. 
you know, we're unique, as you know, we don't manage our own roads. So in this case, they might need a permit from Ada County Highway District. And we have a great relationship with them and work closely. So when an event is crossing those jurisdictional boundaries, we can make sure all of the appropriate licenses are there. We would certainly ask them to make sure their food truck is licensed. Um, it's, it's a little tricky with food trucks. If a food truck is not operating in the general public and is only doing special events, they're not required to have that mobile sales unit license, but the event itself might be required to be licensed. So they would just simply need that, that uh, fire inspection to know they're safe and then the location hosting the event would need something. You know, on private property, it's a little different. We only do that if there's an, a, an effect to the um, allowed use of the property. So private residence, food truck, in your parking or in your uh, driveway, absolutely fine. In front of the house, we would encourage you to contact Ada County Highway District, especially if it's going to impede traffic in any way. What we see more often are, are residents um, requesting park shelters and doing special events in the park, bringing in food trucks, bringing in musicians. Lots of different things happen that way. Generally, if uh, I get a hankering on Monday to do something on Saturday that's uh, fairly large, is that okay? We try our best, but our city code has restrictions on events. Most events require a 30-day application period, and that just gives us time to get that application in the system, get it out to those appropriate parties, Meridian Police Department, Meridian Fire Department, other jurisdictions. If, Like I said, if it affects Ada County Highway District, a lot of times there's events in, in Kleiner Park that have a lot of people coming and going. So we actually work with the local landowners there, the, um, the, the owners of the village, because that parking may affect you know, their customers. So we, we work to make sure everybody's communicating. Um, those type of events you know, could cause a lot of traffic, so we want to make sure everyone's aware of that. And it's just good to know. But we've, we certainly do our best to not impede any type of event from happening, but we do encourage residents to apply early. And if they know they want to do, if they know they want to do something, call us so we can help them get the appropriate uh, permit or license for that. So it's good to have a good planner on their team so they can start working with us early, um, so that we can have a successful event for all. That's correct. We we take a lot of calls again every day about you know I want to hold this event and and a lot of times they they're reaching out well in advance and sometimes way early. But it's good to get on the calendar early and make sure you have everything because you don't want something last minute to derail your event event. So how much of this can be done online? We are working to make sure almost everything can be done online. Um, in the city, our building and utility billing departments have done great work, and we're trying to follow their lead and make things available online. Uh, we don't have the ability right now to do the mobile sales unit licenses completely online because it does require the, uh, the applicant picking up a fingerprint card at City Hall. We're working on finding ways to do that with our police department if we can get to digital. Um, but right now... That's about the only thing you physically have to come to City Hall for. We can even do dog licensing by mail, dog licensing renewals online. Uh, alcohol catering permits can be done online, alcohol licensing. So we've moved almost everything online, and we're still working on that mobile sales unit, those door-to-door -door and those food truck licenses. And one of the things that uh, you, you, you do almost as many as dog licenses, you mentioned this was passports, where you're talking about up to about 3,000 yes. um, in, the, in this year. But we can't do those online either. That's correct. Yeah, we are just uh, just a processing agency for the U.S. State Department, so we do this following their guidelines. We do have the ability for people to schedule a passport appointment online, and those are done really in real time. So if you see an opening, it's there. It could be gone a moment later. We only open those up about two to three weeks in advance, so if somebody was looking for a passport appointment, they can schedule that passport appointment online. And if they're unable to do it online or can't find an appointment time that works for them, or maybe they're traveling really quickly and they're concerned about receiving their passport on time, 
they can call us and we can go over their options with them. So where else can the resident apply for a passport here in the Treasure Valley? So in, in Meridian, of course, we're the only location, um, but there are several places in the valley that people can apply. Uh, the Ada County Recorder's Office, Nampa City Hall, Canyon County Clerk's Office, CUNA Library, the Jim County Clerk, Boise State University, and the main post office in Boise are all locations that a person can submit their passport application. Most of those are by appointment only, um, but more and more they're opening up walk-in capabilities. So certainly if you have questions about where else you can get it and we're unable to help you, we will direct you to the, the next best place. Thank you. And again, I, I appreciate that because it's an important service for our community uh, for a lot of different reasons. And you guys do amazing work with the people that come through. And I, it's always great. I see a lot of families come in. You know, when you see a mom, dad, and a couple of kids, you know they're in coming in for a passport and because um, they're excited to go someplace. Oh, you yes. Know, and, and it's it's great that we can help help them fulfill that desire uh, to go where they need to go or want to go. And um, otherwise, they would have to go find someplace else, as you mentioned, to make that happen. So yep. thank you. Of course. Every, every passport application is a story. And as we move more things online, having passports there is a great way to connect people into our building and, and to get to see the public. So you're, you're there on the first floor, and you know we have several departments that are there on the first floor, but I would really say you handle the space for City Hall on the first floor that's not utilized by the other departments, the City Council Chambers, conference rooms, A and B. Uh, you schedule all the hearings for our commissions, for uh, City Council, for special meetings. One of the big things we, we do, in addition to being a passport location, we're also an early voting location. Um, again, that's, that's something that we're, we're, we're happy to do, um, but we no longer do elections. We don't run our own elections. It's all done by the county. So talk to us a little bit about that process and what role you do have in the election process. Of course, we have a great partnership with the Ada County Clerk's Office. You know, they're a great group. They do so much for the residents of the county who are also, of course, our city residents. And they're responsible for managing the physical election. Um, they register voters, they print ballots, uh, and they conduct the elections. They have the volunteers who come out and do that, whether it's early voting or election day. My role is, is really more about notifying the county and managing the city side of things. So notifying them what, what is on the ballot. Are we electing a mayor this term? Are we electing city council um, seats and what numbers those are? I also host an uh, election information session prior to the beginning of the candidate filing period each election cycle and answer those questions a candidate may have. Uh, we accept the candidate filings in my office and verify the candidates meet the requirements of the office. And then we give that information to the county so they can make sure they are on the ballot. Um, I answer a lot of general election questions from the public and candidates and then receive the official election results from the county clerk and then coordinate the swearing in for those elected officials. So this, this past year, I got to work closely with the Meridian Districting Committee as they drew the boundaries uh, for the six city council districts, which was a new requirement under state statute. And we're only the second city in the state to do that. And as a history nerd, you know, my background in history, I was really excited uh, to get to witness that process firsthand since it's the first time in the history of the city of Meridian that boundaries had to be created. And it was fascinating to watch the process just from the formation of the committee to the public hearings to the adoption of the ordinance that set those boundaries. Um, do you happen to know what the requirements are for someone to be able to run for city council or mayor in the city? Um, yes, yeah, so they have to be a resident of the city um, at for at least 30 days prior to the um, election itself. They have to be 18 years or older. And then with city council, they'll have to live within the boundaries of one of the city council districts that will be up for election. And it, when it's time for them to decide to run, they need to go and either get signatures or pay a fee to the Ada County elections? 
Yes, two different ways that someone can get on the ballot. One is is getting those signatures from registered voters, getting those verified by the county and then submitting those to my office. If they want to circumvent going to the county first, they can pay a filing fee, which was $20 in the last election cycle. Either one of those will um, get them in front of me to look at their information, make sure they meet that, and then I bounce it back to the county so they can make sure that candidate's on the ballot. All right, so this is – we're going to play stump the clerk. Yes. Can the candidate be one of the names on the list? Yes, the candidate can. The candidate can be their own, their own uh, signature there. So hopefully the candidate is registered to vote before they do that. That is correct, and that's one of the uh, one of the safeguards the county will do is look and see. And because sometimes people move and don't update their voter registration, I always recommend doing that early. Do not come at four fifty nine on the deadline because I don't want to be the person that tells you you can't be on the ballot because you weren't registered to vote and and we can't get it done in the next moment. That's good information and sound advice. So thank you, Chris, for for doing that. We get to hang out with you on Tuesday nights during city council meetings for uh, you you help run the meeting. And an important part of running the meeting is, of course, the public hearing process. Talk a little bit about the role you play during those city council meetings and your office through the public hearing process. Of course. Uh, My role really centers around meeting support. So I work uh, closely with other city staff to create the agenda that uh, goes out to the public and goes in front of city council and the mayor for those meetings. Um, During the meeting, I'm documenting the proceedings, so who's making a motion, um, what is the outcome of that motion, and then I um, make sure that information is available following the meeting to the public. We put out what's called an updated agenda that lets you see all the action that was taken. Um, Prior to the meetings, we're doing all the legal noticing, so every public hearing, we're following state law and and getting that out there to the public and going beyond state law and putting that other places we don't need to, like in um, next door, making sure the public are aware there. Uh, We receive comments about public hearings about applications. We receive those and make sure they're in the record so all the information is transparent and available to any interested party. And then during the meeting itself, I'm answering questions of residents, whether it's by email or in person, wondering about how things work or what's happening. Um, I call on those who've signed up to speak on any specific topic and make sure they get there a lot of time. And then I do a lot of things behind the scenes during a meeting, uh, from controlling the YouTube channel, uh, working in Zoom to make sure People are in the meeting as they should be and then controlling the cameras in the room. So I really just make sure all of the written and visual record of the meeting is accurate and available to the public. And we really appreciate your help doing that. And I think if you look back in the – how you've been in the role now for about three years? I've been in the role about three and a half years and I've been with the city almost five. So in those three years where we, we, we remember what – you know, the, two of those years really encompassed and, and trying to do city council – meetings during COVID created a unique challenge, but I think it also has resulted in some pretty awesome outcomes related to that. And I I know a lot of this was put on your plate working with IT to try to figure out how to do remote testimony and that process. Um, What would you like to say about the changes that you've seen in your role over the last several years? You know, it was rapid change. And you probably remember this, maybe not, but in 2018, I think you and I met um, it was before you, before I knew you were going to be our mayor and maybe before you, you know, knew you were going to be our mayor. But you said, I really want the people to be able to participate in a meeting from wherever they are. And I remember thinking and discussing with others, that that doesn't work. There's no way we can do that. And then it became March 2020 and we suddenly had to figure it out really quickly. So our IT staff worked uh, with me and, and we came up with Zoom as a solution. We were fortunate, and I, I think probably, I'd have to look, but the only place in the state that only had to cancel one meeting in 2020 
And that was not due to our error. That was due to an issue with Zoom connecting to YouTube. And we didn't want to hold a meeting if people couldn't see it. So that was the only meeting we had to cancel due to technology issues. And we've been going pretty strong since then. In fact, you know, as, as mayor, you've directed us to keep up the hybrid meetings. We, we can have meetings safely in public now, I hope. Um, but we want people to still be able to join us from their couch, join us from a balcony in Puerto Rico, wherever they're at. They can still participate in that meeting and see what their government's up to. Yeah. And that can be the case for city council. No, wherever they are, they can, they can log on as well and participate. Where before, we would, they may dial in, but we just didn't have that option. And it was a challenge sometimes. You know, especially when there are fewer council members, if, if two were going to be gone. But we haven't had to cancel meetings due to lack of uh, numbers of people in, I, I don't remember the last time. That's correct. I, I can't recall a time either. You know, as you know, our, our city council, are, they're not full-time city staff. You know, they're, they're doing this along with other, other commitments, families, jobs. So for them to have the ability to, you know, handle child care while also participating fully in a meeting is fantastic. Like you said, it's much better than, than dialing in and, and just listening to see what's happening. And, you know, they can actively participate with Zoom. Well, Chris, you're, you're a Meridian resident. Uh, you're a city clerk. Um, you care about this community. In what other ways can a resident get involved? Great. There, you know, there's a lot of ways to get involved. Um, when I'm speaking to someone, whether they've lived here their whole life or just relocating here, I, I encourage them to sign up on our website for the email alerts. They can get things from announcements of upcoming events to volunteer opportunities uh, in our parks, uh, as well as on commissions. They can sign up to get, you know, agendas and minutes for meetings. We even have an email list that used to just go to other agencies and to, you know, land use professionals, but anyone can sign up to get an email as soon as a land use application is submitted. They get that, a link to go in and see the application itself, all the supporting materials, and they really get an advance notice of what's happening. Um, the city, as you know, also has seven volunteer commissions um, that are made up of residents. So from arts and culture to transportation planning and project development, there's opportunities for people with all different interests and backgrounds. And we love to see people get involved. And, and the best way is, is to reach out, come to a meeting, see what interests you and, and find a way to get involved. Well, that's a great place to end today. Um, you, you know, you, you guys play an integral part of the getting people on commissions and getting people involved. And I want to say thank you. Uh, to you and your team for all the work that they do for our community, our businesses, our residents, um, those that are just trying to figure life out sometimes when they come from a new community to ours, it can be a real challenge and you guys are always there to help them out. So thank Thank you. you. Yeah, we love welcoming our residents. Like I said, new world. All right. Well, you've just been listening to this with Chris Johnson, our city clerk. So thank you for giving us an overview. And I want to say thank you to the Meridian Library for the use of the Unbound Recording Studio here in downtown Meridian. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in. And until next time, I'll catch you out and about in my Meridian.